0: Let's get off together. Welcome back, everybody, to episode six of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I really wanted to talk to you guys today about some conversations that I've been having with different people with regards to stopping drinking, because the holidays are approaching, at least when when I'm recording this. It's almost time for Christmas. We just passed Thanksgiving, and a lot of people are trying to make their way forward into the new year with sobriety as as a reasonable goal for them in 2021. And a lot of people, when they, when they move forward with that process of starting to shift between I am a drinker to I am a non-drinker, they experience a level of anxiety and they experience a level of difficulty. And I wanted to get into some of the reasons for why that's happening and the fact that you can change your mind about how you think about alcohol. Now, I fully realize that when I say that, when I say the words, okay, you have to change your mind, people are like, Andy, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what do you mean I have to change my mind? Because I say this to people, I say, okay, like you're stopping drinking, but you have to change your mind about how you think about alcohol or else you're probably not going to succeed. And they're like, what does that mean? I totally don't understand what you're talking about. Well, you have to change your mind about the fact that you... Everything that you know is wrong. You are being lied to by society, by your friends, by your parents, by your family members, by your teachers, by the media, by movies, by books, by everything that you read, say, do, see, everyone that you fuck, kiss, hang out with, every single person that is telling you that drinking is a good thing. They are wrong and you are right. You are correct in what you're trying to do. And they are wrong that's really really fucking hard to believe it's hard to believe that all those people are wrong and you're not but they are but they are wrong so here's here's something that i would love to introduce to you and this is this concept of cognitive dissonance this is a psychology concept and it basically means it's social psychology and it means that a person's actions do not match their beliefs. So you see this a lot with cigarette smokers. So cigarette smokers know that smoking is dangerous, but they continue to smoke. They don't want to smoke, but they keep doing it. Well, you see that with drinkers as well. People, you know, most people. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reference Annie Grace here. She wrote a great book called This Naked Mind. Uh, she has a lot of resources available online for free. I will put a uh, I'll put a little link to her. Um, in the space that I'm allowed for this podcast. But uh, Annie Grace is great. Uh, this Naked Mind, she talks about cognitive dissonance. And she talks about how 80% of the population drinks. And a good percentage of those people have either wished they drank less or wish they didn't drink at all. Like they're exhibiting that they have lost some sort of control over that. And yet, they continue to drink. So why do they continue to do this? So they continue to do this because... They feel like they're losing out. Like that they are missing out if they stop drinking. That their life will be inherently worse if they stop drinking. So therefore, when they try to give up alcohol, it automatically becomes a concept of willpower. What is willpower? Well, I've talked about this. Willpower is a dirty word. A willpower means, I'm going without something. Willpower means, everything that I want, I cannot have. Everything that's good for me, that makes me happy, I cannot have. But yet, alcohol is not great. Alcohol is shit. It's garbage. It is makes your life garbage. It makes your head hurt. It makes your relationships worse. It makes you fat. It makes you less productive in your job. It makes you less happy in your relationships. It makes you unbearable to deal with. It makes your conversation dull. It makes you annoying. So it does all of these things to you. But because 80% of the population is in this sort of area, this gray area where they believe that you know, that alcohol is great, but they're going to continue to use it. And they're going to use it in moderation, even though they wish they did it less. And then they sometimes wish they didn't do it at all, but they're going to keep doing it for all of those reasons. You feel like you're losing out every single time you try to walk away from it. And it's because society has brainwashed all of those people and society has brainwashed you and you have to be, you have to do the very difficult task of saying, I know that society feels this way, but I have to not behave this way anymore. Even though society is telling me that this is a good thing, I have to know realistically that it's not. And that's a hard thing to do. Why is this so hard? This is hard because imagine that you're living in like a small town. I am from a small town, by the way. Uh, The people in my small town are actually, I still keep in touch with a lot of them and they're wonderful people. But let's talk about when I was much younger and I was living in this small town and I had dreams that I wanted to go and live in New York City. And I thought, okay, I I need to leave this small town and I need to get out of here and I need to move to New York City. Well you know, talking to everybody else in the small town about it was pointless because they don't want to move to New York City. They want to stay in the small town. They can't give me any advice as to how to move to New York City because they haven't done it, don't want to do it, have no idea how to do it, don't care to do it, don't want to think about it, haven't researched it, you know, any of that stuff. They don't know. So me saying to them, Please tell me that this is a great thing. Tell me that this is something that I should be doing. Tell me that this is something that, that, I mean, sure, they're going to say, yeah, great. But they're not going to have anything to offer me on that because that's not how they want to live their life. So you get this 80% of the population, 80% 80 of the population that's drinking and they think it's a good thing. And even though there's the cognitive dissonance, actually there's, a, Um, William Porter wrote a great book called Alcohol Explained. I think that it's wonderful. I read it when I was quitting drinking. It was the first sobriety book I read. He refers to it as the the schizophrenia in your brain. Now, I don't like to use that term because schizophrenia is a legitimate psychological condition. I mean, psychiatric condition requires medication, but you know, a lot of people sometimes will throw around that term just because it it's just the disconnect of your personality with what you're doing. Like there's something going on in your head that's not matching how you're acting in in society it's a disconnect it's a cognitive dissonance that's really the term for it cognitive dissonance so you've got this 80% of the population that's saying no, this is really great. You're missing out. I mean, and this 80% of the population is going to do everything in their power to keep you drinking because they don't want to admit that they themselves have this disconnect in their brain. So you're trying to break away from it. And you've got all your people trying to pull you right back. And they're trying to say, no, this event is not going to be fun unless you, you show up and you drink. I mean, I've actually been at events where people have felt uncomfortable around me because I wasn't drinking. And when I was a drinker, I used to say these words. I bet you've said these words, I hate the sober person in the room. Why? Why do I hate the sober person in the room? Like what is that person doing? They're just living their life. They're fully present. You hate the sober person because you want to act a fool and you don't want that damn person to remember, but they're going to remember. And guess what? You're going to remember when you become the sober person. Like you're going to, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing to be fully present in conversation, but you're so used to being dulled. You're so used to having yourself diminished and having your personality padded with alcohol and an alcoholic haze that you are uncomfortable with somebody that's fully present. You're not really experiencing events to their fullest potential and you're not really ever quite there when you're at at an event. You feel like you are and you might start working your way into conversation, let it lubricate you. You're starting to connect more deeply with other people around you, but eventually what do you turn into? A babbling Idiot. You're a babbling idiot and you just don't realize it because you're drunk and everyone around you is a babbling idiot. 80% of the population is just a babbling idiot. I mean, that's a little extreme, but I mean, but I mean, really, like when you guys are at these parties, you got about two good hours and then, you know, everybody just goes to hell and things get sloppy and nothing is really happening at that point. I mean, it's surely not happening with, you know, connections or business or, you know, trying to court somebody or trying to, you know, woo somebody. Sure, a lot of sex happens, you know, when people are inebriated and, you know, it certainly makes things easier for you to get into bed with somebody, but the sex is, always fucking terrible it's never good it's so sloppy I mean for two bodies that can move so harmoniously together they always end up clunking along like two anvils that can't fucking that are falling from the ceiling that's what it sounds like that's you and your body when you're drunk trying to fuck somebody I got really passionate there for a second what happens you get about 20 minutes into it neither of you can breathe you want water your faces are red nobody comes you fall asleep you wake up in regret it's terrible terrible, 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 terrible. Alcohol is terrible in all ways. And you think that it's great because you are brainwashed like all of those other people. So I was watching this, uh, it was actually, I was listening to this YouTube channel um, and a feature called What You Will Learn. It's these uh, Australian guys and they were actually talking about Alan Carr's book. Alan Carr's book with regard to stopping drinking. I believe the name of the book is The Easy Way to Control Alcohol. That's the name of the book. So these guys were reviewing the, uh, the book and one of them said something along the lines of, have you ever been impressed by somebody who is blind drunk? The answer is no. You have never been impressed with somebody that is blind drunk. Like it's just not a thing. Somebody that's blind drunk is not impressive to you. They're not sexy. They're not making sense. They're not well-spoken. They're not They're not anything. Their delivery is terrible. If they're dancing, they might feel good, but they look like an idiot. All of this stuff. And if you think back to times in your life when you were younger, you never needed alcohol to be able to enjoy a social situation when you were young. Like think of your first semi-formal when you were like 15 years old. Now if you were drunk at your first semi-formal when you were 15 years old, I'm really sorry. But like most likely you weren't. And You showed up at your first semi-formal and there was a DJ and they were playing music and everybody was shy and kind of standing against the wall. And then what happened? An hour or so passed and everybody was dancing. You were having the best time of your life. You were dressed up for the first time. Your parents came and picked you up at the high school gymnasium like three hours later and you just felt high on life. And you weren't drunk for that. Like you knew at some point in your life how to show up to something and have a good time. And then as you got older, you started using alcohol to sort of help you ease through the first bit of social anxiety. And you started using it so frequently that your brain and your body forgot how to do it without the alcohol. You know, when we think of children, we think of this fearlessness and this happiness and this way that they can kind of connect and meet with each other and be able to have such a good, pure, precious time together. In teenagers, I mean, I remember being 14 years old and just having the best day of my life with people that I cared about and loved and how wonderful all of that was, and then... How I didn't drink until I was 20 years old and how all of a sudden I started using alcohol and I forgot how to do that organically. And I started needing alcohol and I carried that through my life for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. And I'm going to tell you guys something very important. When you walk away from alcohol and all of that brainwashing that has been provided to you by society, like society told you, like I think I mentioned Craig Beck's Alcohol Lied to Me in a previous podcast. That's another one that I really think everybody should read, but he talks about how we are taught from a young age through our familial traditions and things that children see as they're growing up that alcohol is positive and alcohol is celebrated, and everything about it is something that you should do when you're an adult to make your life happier, wealthier, more filled with love, more filled with togetherness. And all of it is just simply not true. But because the brainwashing starts at such a young age, it's so difficult for you to part with that and walk away from it. And it's difficult for people to change their minds about it. Like I have people that that I know that are you know a couple of months into sobriety and they still think they're missing out like they still haven't done the mindset shift change and some people will go years but they're still functioning on what I like to call the willpower method. I got that from Alan Carr. He is so brilliant. Read his books. Even if if you don't smoke, read The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. Um, he's done two books, I believe, on alcohol, um, The Easy Way to Control Alcohol. And I think there's The Easy Way to Stop Drinking. I could be wrong. But you know he talks about willpower as being a concept that we should never think about when we're trying to stop habits that don't serve us, because we are winning when we walk away from those habits. We are losing every single time we do the habit. And when we walk away is when we finally win. But there are people that will get sober and they'll stay sober for six months, a year, two years. But all they're doing is holding out in their minds for the next time that they think that they can do it. And they're so proud of themselves because they're like, Oh, I'm going without for so long. Look at me and how restrictive I am with myself. Like, bitch, what the fuck are you talking about restrictive? You're giving yourself a great gift. When was the last time that you woke up feverishly looking for your cell phone, trying to see who you sent a picture of your tits to last night? Like, for me, it's been a really long time. And to me, that's a great gift. It's a great gift to not wake up and wonder if I lost my phone or my keys or what bruise I have on what part of my body or where it came from or how I made it an ass out of myself or who I possibly told what I really thought of them and you know most of the time they always say a drunk man's words or a sober man's thoughts but let me tell you what while that sometimes is true a sober man's thoughts are disordered they are disordered by the alcohol because the alcohol definitely affects your self-esteem to such a regard and it fucks with the way that you see life so deeply that yes you are sometimes having thoughts and you're having negative thoughts towards other people or perhaps you're having thoughts of sexual attraction to other people or perhaps you're having thoughts towards other people where you have venom or anger or possibly you know idealization of somebody that shouldn't be idealized all of that stuff is happening and alcohol is fucking with your brain even when you're not drinking it so yeah like you do have these these thoughts that come out and these things that you say when you're drunk but it's all disordered by the alcohol so don't be don't be confused and think that you need alcohol to be able to deliver those thoughts chances are those thoughts aren't even real they're just things that your brain is making up the longer that you've been a drinker you've been drinking heavily or abusively So I want to just touch base again on these people that are thinking that they're going without something, Um, and I want to talk about one specific type of person that is the person that goes without alcohol for a couple of months or maybe even longer than a couple of months, and what they do is they decide that they want to abstain from alcohol because They've reached a level in their cognitive dissonance where, they're, where they realize that it's not doing them any good. They've realized, okay, what I'm doing, this drinking that I'm doing is making me feel like shit. It's making me unhappy. It's making my relationships not great. It's making me do things that I'm embarrassed of. It's affecting my physical health. And they would be right, they would be right about all of those things, and so that person reaches this level where they don't want to have the cognitive dissonance anymore. They have decided that they want to have a uniformity with their behaviors and their thoughts and they want to walk away from alcohol. I applaud those people. I think that they are great, but there is a select portion of those people that then decide that they want to tell everyone that they possibly can, that while they are going without alcohol, they do not have a problem. And they shouldn't, they want to make sure that everybody knows that. They want to make sure everyone knows we don't have a fucking problem. Listen, alcohol is a really addictive drug. 80% of the people of the population use that drug. A good percentage of those people have some sort of dependency on that drug because it's really fucking addictive. So it's okay that you have some sort of dependency on it because it's an addictive drug. When you put an addictive substance into your body, you you will develop an addiction. It's not because you have an addictive personality. It's not because there is something wrong with you. Because here's the, the thing about addictive personalities, Alan Carr talks about this. Alan Carr says, it's, it's funny how people that say they have addictive personalities, all of those people are addicted to something. It's not because you have an addictive personality, it's because you got addicted to something. It happens. So if you're the person that drinks two glasses of wine every night, and you'd like to drink less, but you have trouble parting with those two glasses of wine. You're a little bit addicted to those two glasses of wine. And that's totally okay because it's an addictive substance. But what you're doing when you're demanding that everybody acknowledge that you don't have a problem is the person that's sitting next to you that might be thinking that they have a little bit of cognitive dissonance going on and they have a little bit they're starting to lose a little bit of control with alcohol when you are so adamantly stating I don't have a problem and everybody's got to fucking know I don't have a problem and I'm gonna make sure that I tell everybody I'm not drinking right now but I don't have a problem when you're saying that you are just pissing on every single other person that wants to walk away from alcohol before they hit what? the proverbial rock bottom that nobody should ever in their life have to hit. You are the worst type of person. So stop it. Stop saying those things. So you probably, if you're that type of person, is part of the whole big overwhelming majority that thinks that alcohol is good and thinks that you should be able to navigate your way through it without, you know, having to stop because it's so positive and it affords you so so many riches in your world. And like, no, baby, that's not it. It's crap. It's a poison. It makes you fat. It makes you tired. It makes you act like an idiot. That's what it does. That is totally right. But just like being in that small town where everybody, you know, thinks the same way and you want to do something different than everybody else, you are you are facing a shit storm of hell when you're trying to move into sobriety because what's happening is everybody disagrees with you and you have to be strong enough to stand up in front of all those people that disagree with you and say, you know what? Every single one of you is saying something different, but I know I'm right and I'm going to keep doing what I know is best for me. And I'm going to tell you it's not easy, but you have to do it. You have to do it. So here's a couple of ways that I want to tell you how it, it can be easier for you. The first way, you need to find yourself a sober friend or two sober friends or a community of sober friends. I do not attend Alcoholics Anonymous. A lot of people do. It is a very positive community for people that are trying to get sober. People always try to say these, like they make excuses and they list different reasons why they don't want to go into a 12-step program, but 12-step programs work and yeah, there's a little bit of stigma attached to them, but when you get into said 12-step programs, and I'm, I know this from a very, very close friend of mine who talks about AA all the time, and actually I was going to start going with him until the pandemic hit and then I, you know, we never went because, you know, meetings went virtual, Um, but you know, what he talks about is that when you get to AA and you start attending these meetings, you realize that everybody is just a regular person and there are people that are super successful. There are people that are super accomplished and then there are people that are just regular people and they are, everybody there, all of that stuff goes out the window. Who you are, where you are in your career, where you're at with your relation, all that stuff, none of it matters because all of you are there because all of you have one thing in common and that is that you have developed an addiction to an addictive drug imagine that and you all want to just gather and talk about it and that's a great thing so never think about you know a group setting a support system as a bad thing because it's not but if a 12-step program is a little bit too too intense for you and you you don't feel like you could put yourself in that position that's fine Get yourself involved with another wellness community that's going to provide you that support. So I am involved in a wellness community. I have people that provide me support. They don't hate on me. They don't give me any slack. They don't treat me poorly. They just support me and they're constantly supportive and I make sure that I show up there. So that's the first thing that I did and something that I recommend that you do. A sober friend, more than one sober friend, a sober community or an equally supportive community. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing that I recommend that you do is get on an online community that's also going to help you, okay? So for me, when I was quitting smoking, and when I was quitting drinking, uh, Reddit on the subreddits, there's r slash stop smoking and r slash stop drinking, and they are wonderful, and they are filled with resources. That's where I learned about half of the literature that I have read with regards to sobriety, and no matter what time of day, there is always someone online and interacting, and nobody is ever going to tell you no, you're wrong, no one's ever going to be abusive to you or try to tell you, no, you really don't need to stop drinking. Like if you're having a moment where you feel like you either need to stop drinking, want to stop drinking, or you've already stopped and are having a craving or a feeling like you want to drink, I would absolutely recommend that you get into one of those communities. Here's why it's going to be hard for you. I'm going to do a whole other episode on this, but why it's going to be hard for you is because as a drinker, you're used to isolating yourself and not mingling with other people people Because alcoholics like to make their world smaller and not bigger. You got to get over it. You just got to get involved with other people and you got to get involved in those sober communities. And those people are going to help you and they're going to be able to encourage you and move you along and move you forward. The last thing that I would recommend that you do, and you're already doing it by showing up to the Get the Fuck Off podcast, but I would recommend that you read books, that you read articles, and you get on some sobriety communities on different websites. So I read a lot and I write on Medium. And there is a huge supportive uh, community for recovering alcoholics or people that just have a problem binge drinking or just drinking in general. Huge community on Medium. I just read a fabulous, fabulous essay, which I'm going to put a link to. um, And it was called Anjali by Christy Coulter. I read it on Medium today. How wonderful about her experiences looking at the world when she was quitting, when she was quitting drinking her first summer specifically. Because you're going to be going through these experiences where you're starting to see the world in new ways, and you're going to feel completely isolated from your former group of friends. But likely, you're not going to be throwing your friends out the window and never talking to them again because you don't drink anymore, but you are going to want people that are going to relate to what's going on with you. Like with me, when I stopped drinking, one of the first feelings that I had was, Oh my god, I'm awake for the first time in so many years. And I would say that to to friends of mine and the ones that were sober understood and I only had like two sober friends, but the ones that were still drinking were like, I have no fucking idea what you're saying. And it's okay that they don't. But Make sure that, you know, you. if you don't have that support system in place, find it. And if you don't have it, you know, in person, find it online. And if you are still a little bit uncomfortable with having that online, read things that people are saying. Because everybody has a different story. Everybody has a different beautiful voice. And in the journey of sobriety, the more people that are speaking, the more powerful it is. Because remember, we're battling 80%. Like we are standing here in our truth and the brainwashed world is circling around us telling us that we're wrong every single day. So you got to stand proud and you got to be able to stand up and, and be able to lift yourself up when people are going to continue to try to drag you back to that lie that alcoholism is enjoyable because it's just not. You never enjoyed it. You had a good couple of times at times in your life and you were chasing the high the rest of the time. Most of the time you just felt like shit and did stuff that you that you regretted. And you probably don't ever want to do that stuff again. So it's important that you stand in your truth. So those are just some tips that I have for you guys when you're trying to work through that cognitive dissonance and when you're trying to make how you feel on the inside match the outside. These are things that I really suggest that you guys do get comfortable with and as always, I am here. I am going to be putting out a lot more content and I'm available. So you can find me on my website, getthefuckoff.com. You can subscribe to my newsletter where if you actually, I have a, I have a thing on my website with some check boxes. So if you, you have, if you know you want to drink less or you're feeling like drinking might be an issue for you, you can check that box and I'll make sure that you get more content specific to you delivered to your, your inbox as I release more content. I'm also, I'm available via DMs on social media or you can email me at andy at because I do want to be a resource for you guys because I know what it's like not to have any resources at all and it's a bitch and I get it I get it so I am here for you guys I'm here to help guide you in the right direction um, whatever that direction may be I am absolutely here for it so you guys can feel free to reach out to me at any time and if you guys are, are kind of well into your your journey or you're just starting out and you want to share this with someone that you think will get value out of it feel free to forward this podcast along. You can subscribe. I'm on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and you can find me on getthefuckoff.com. All my podcasts are there um, where you you can watch, I mean, listen to them as many times as you want to. And I really, really appreciate all of you guys just showing up and taking the time to explore these topics with me. I mean, it really brings me a lot of joy to share it with you guys. So that's all I have for today on cognitive dissonance and uh, the the great lie of alcohol, which I'm going to probably talk about more in the future. I hope to see you guys back here next time. And you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care, everybody. We'll